everybody to the second installment of our countdown to covenant where we are covering alien three and alien resurrection (laughs) Uh, rachel thanks for joining us again how are you i'm great hi everyone my thoughts on these movies Mm. are ridiculous uh not good (laughs) it's not good like, okay, Alien 3... Let's start with Alien 3. ...was not... Like, it wasn't bad, but I just felt... Well, for, my first note is, seriously, can my friend Sigourney Weaver get a day off? I know, right? The saddest part of that movie is when she says something about how, like, you've been in my life for so long, I don't even, like, remember a life without you, like, to the alien. I'm like, oh... Ripley, just go to a beach, girl. <laughs> well, no, it's seriously, it's hyper hypersleep, xenomorph, hypersleep, xenomorph. <laughs> right. Just over and over and over again. My biggest issue with Alien Three is that with minimal rewrites, it could have been Alien Two. Um, here's my first fun fact of the day. There's actually an Alien 3 script floating around the internet. That's amazing. That is, I don't know why they didn't use the script, um, but basically it's, uh, they all survive. So Ripley, Hicks, and Newt make it to like a space station. And um, when they get there, basically like the xenomorph, I don't know what you, yeah, I don't know what you want to call it, but it's like basically turned like viral. And so like, it's possible to like become infected with a, a xenomorph embryo, like with like, not, not through a face hugger. Okay. Yeah. Like, by, by like a pathogen. And so like, while they're on this space station, that's like owned by the company, maybe it's not a space station, maybe it's, it doesn't matter, but they're all there. And like, it goes airborne basically. And it's gross and it's like really dark, but it's awesome. And if you go and read that script, you will just be so sad because you're like, why didn't they write this movie? <laughs> why didn't they make this movie instead of the movie that, that they actually did make? Well, see, what I was saying was in the sense that Alien 3 could have been Alien 2 is because there is no... They essentially reset everything that happened in Aliens. There was, yes. no, there was no continuity. Yeah. And then... Surprise, surprise, at the end of the movie, she dies. But, you know, you rewrite that as well. And then, anyways. So, I was just, I was just, like, really irritated with the entire, just the entire premise of the movie and how it started, which was, they were just like, oh, we're going to ignore aliens. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, the other thing is, like, I think, I think Fincher was trying to, like, kind of take it back to the original because, like, we only have one alien, and so it's not like the continuous threat that we saw in the second one. It goes back to like, oh, there's just like one predator. But at the same time, like, it just it just didn't work the same way the first movie works. Yeah, You know, like, it just wasn't, it didn't have that same 
suspenseful feeling. And then, like, once you find out she's got an alien inside of her, it's just like, all right, well, game over, man. Whatever. Well, and then I was just like, how did it get inside of her? Oh, let's talk about that. <laughs> and why was it why was it incubating for so long? Mm. So, actually, I think that the answer to that, I think that that can be explained. I think that it's because it's a queen. And so, and actually, the movie does not take place over a lengthy period of time. I think it's only, like, two days or something. Yeah. Um, but I think that the rationale behind that is because it's a queen embryo inside of her. But... How did it get in her? That is the biggest plot hole in this entire series. It makes no sense. They have never explained it. They have never explained. Like, so the queen had to have, like, taken an egg, right? When the queen gets onto the shuttle, the queen had to have taken an egg with her and left an egg there or something? Because there's no other explanation for it. Okay. Well, so... I briefly started to watch, I want to say, like, the director's cut, or, I don't know. There was a two-and-a-half-hour version that I started watching. Um, God. I know. And then, <laughs> and then ten minutes in, all the actors started speaking Italian. What? And I was, I was like, oh, um, I can't continue to watch this version because there's no subtitles, and I have no idea what they're saying. Because <laughs> I don't speak Italian. <laughs> so, but... What? Yeah, long story, long story. <laughs> but, so... The way... The... That version started was... You see an egg... Like... Somewhere on the ship. And there's all these, like... Quick cuts of, like... A face hugger. Like, essentially... Um... There are two face huggers on the ship, and one goes to attack the dog, you know? But one kind of gets into Ripley's uh, cryo chamber and sits on her face <laughs> and implants her with the embryo and then, like, takes off or dies or something. But... I just have so many problems with that. Like, number one, doing? like, number one, her chamber's not compromised when they find her. Right? Like, am I making that up? Like, my recollection is that when they find her, like, there's no evidence, like, a, like a, the facehugger can't open the chamber. Like, it would have had to, like, melt it with its acid blood or something. So, like, well, there's no evidence of that. Th this, the way it looked on this version is that it was, like, cracking the glass with its tail. Okay, fine, but, like, again, it's not in the real version, and... It's not in the no, real version. There's no evidence of how of how the facehuggers got on the ship, got into Ripley's chamber. Also, like, why Ripley? Like, it just so happens they picked Ripley out of the three living bodies on that ship? Like, come on. I don't know. I just, like... Well, to be fair, there is a 33% chance of that happening. But you know what? There's a 66.6% .6 chance of it not happening. <laughs> <laughs> the odds were not in... The odds were, were not, not yeah. in its favor. Oh. Well, either way, I think we do have to suspend some sort of belief on this one. Uh, I was just really irritated because it's like, after all the effort Ripley goes through to save I Newt, know. all of a sudden, Newt's just fucking dead. She's just dead. She's just dead. And Hicks, too. What did Hicks ever do to deserve that? 
<laughs> um, how much did you like Tywin Lannister in this movie? Um, I did love me some Tywin Lannister in this movie. And then I was also, like, I was really expecting him to live longer than he did. I know. It was so sad. Also, good for you, Ripley. Get some. <laughs> right? I was like, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, uh. I've been out here a long time. And we're like, I get it, girl. <laughs> I started taking notes and then I just stopped because I was so upset. Do you see what I mean, though, about the movie being, like, so, like, depressing? Like, it's, so it's, like, a physically dark movie. Like, it's shot, like, in dim lighting. You're on a prison colony. Like, which, so it's also, that's also kind of, like, an interesting choice as, like, a filmmaker because we kind of don't care about the, like, we kind of care about Tywin Lannister, but, like, I don't care about the rest of these people. Yeah, no. And I, I just real quick before we uh, move on, I, uh, when I saw Charles Dance as, a.k.a. Tywin Lannister, a.k.a. Clemens, um, I IMDb'd him, and he was also the bad guy in Last Action Hero. Really? Another absolutely atrocious movie that I totally love. I like a lot of those movies. They may, you uh, know, some yeah, of them are the best. Forever. Um, oh. Also in this movie is, um, I'm going to get his name wrong, the eighth doctor from Doctor Who, Paul McGann. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that, though. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Xenomorph, because it can spit now. Well, so, I don't know where that came from, but remember last episode we talked about the Xenomorph taking on qualities of its host? So, yes. this is what I was not so subtly referring to. So, the whole, like, idea... Actually, so, fun facts. So, they brought Geiger, H.R. Geiger, back in for this movie... But the the alien that he designed is actually not what you see in the movie, and they actually ended up, like, tweaking his design. Um, and they ended up not not totally crediting him, and he was, like, very bitter about the whole thing. Um, but they brought him back on because they were like, make us, like, what, what would an alien look like if it came out of a dog? So, like, that's why, like, this one is, like, you know, uses four legs and is more, like, animalistic, like... His whole concept was like a panther. Like imagine like a xenomorph as a panther. Um, well, yeah, like no, I, I totally got that, but dogs don't spit. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> like, I was like, I could understand if the xenomorph incubated in a llama. Do llamas spit? Llamas spit. I didn't know that. Dude, how did you not know that? The genie sings about it in Aladdin. How would I know that? How would I know that? The genie sings about it in Aladdin. He's like, oh yeah, llama, watch out, they spit. I I don't even I don't even know where to go with that, Kenny. <laughs> I haven't seen Aladdin since I was ten. Well, you're definitely you know, if I can rewatch Alien <laughs> I can rewatch Aladdin. You can rewatch Aladdin. And by rewatch, I mean watch for the first time. I've seen uh, it. Yeah. So, one of my things was, if she thinks that there are xenomorphs, why doesn't she tell anybody? Like, I she... know. Well, I, I, well I, I think it's because of the company. I think because, like, as soon as she finds out that the colony is a, is a company work prison... I think that her concern is she doesn't want to tell anyone that she thinks an alien's still around because she doesn't want the company to come out and get it. Like, she wants to kill it. But I'm with you. Like, 
tell Tywin Lannister at least, right? Like, tell somebody. Be like, by the way, like, this isn't cholera we're dealing with. It's like a, a really terrible, uh, a terrible creature that will harvest inside of you and then burst out of your chest. Like, tell somebody that. I, it's not hard. It's yeah. like, you trust this guy enough to bone him. But not to tell him that everybody's life is in danger? Ridiculous. Ripley, what are you doing? You're killing me, Ripley. You're killing me. Listen, our friend Sigourney Weaver. Our just friend needed, Sigourney just, Weaver. You need to do what was right for her in the moment. You get it, girl. <laughs> the dude, there was a guy with, like, the teardrop tattoo. Yeah. And I was like... He's one of those that guys. Oh, and and as we're talking, I think I remember what he's from. He's from Arrow. What? Yeah, he was the the guy on the island. I can't Slade or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I actually know him as um, one of the sp- one of the uh, gladiators from Spartacus, which is also a great show, and everybody should watch it. Um, but yeah, I was like, oh, who is that guy? I can't remember his name. And then I was like, oh yeah, but he's in Arrow, and he's in Spartacus. He's a that guy. He's that guy. If anyone else can remember his name, please feel free to tweet that at me. I'm looking it up right now. Um, his name is so Slade's name is Manu Bennett. Oh yeah, it is Manu Bennett. Manu Bennett. But let's see if... Is this the same guy that's in the movie? It is. I don't know if that's right. On a brief segue, have you had a unicorn frappuccino yet? I haven't. Have you? No, my boss keeps making fun of me because I want to try one. So I have bad news for you. Manu Bennett is not the guy in Alien 3. Oh, he's not? He's not. Bummer. Okay, well... Sorry, Manu Bennett, I gave you credit when you it was not due. Now um, I feel bad. How sad was it to see Bishop, like, all torn up? Oh, and I was like, again, with minor rewrites, you don't, like, this could have been an actual sequel and not just a piece of shit thrown together. Like, Bishop, like, come on, man. I was really upset at that. And, like, also, like, what's what's the point of killing Newt and Hicks? Like, like, what is Michael Bean doing that he can't, like, sign up for Alien 3? Nothing, okay? So, like, what what was the purpose of that choice? Yeah, I... Uh, you got me. And I figured it out. It's depressing. What? It's Holt McCallany. And he was in Fight Club. He was also recently in... Jack Reacher. He was in Sully. He's a that guy. That he's, guy. He's definitely that, that guy. guy. Oh, I'm looking at the images. You're right. That guy. I know that guy. Yeah, he's that guy. He was in Law and Order SVU. Who hasn't been in Law and Order SVU? Oh, he was in the TV show Lights Out about a, a boxer. It was like a wannabe Rocky story. It's just not as good. It was just not good. Um, Anyways, so, yeah. Yeah. So, not Manu Bennett. Not Manu Bennett. Um, What did you think of the very obvious uh, Jesus uh, imagery? (laughs) You can't see it, listeners, but Kenny's rolling his eyes. (laughs) 
God, I rolled my eyes so hard, I gave myself a headache. Um, stop. Like, no. I, I, like, no. Fincher, what are you doing, bro? First of all, they, they just beat you over the head with, okay, there's a religion here, mm-hmm. and they've essentially forced a grip of these prisoners to be, like, converts. And I'm just like... I don't like it. I don't like it. And also, oh. well, I just, uh, and I just hated everything about. I hate that she has a xenomorph in her. I hate that they kill her, quote unquote. I, I just, oh, I hate. All, and actually, you know what I hate the most? What do you hate the most? What I hate the most is when Lance Henriksen shows up at the end of the movie and he's like, "No, I'm the guy that designed the Bishop robots." For I don't even, I don't even believe that. Like, I believe that was another android because, like, why would you just? Why would you make? Robots that look exactly like yourself. Number one, <laughs> number two. How? Like, what, what? What does that matter? Like, is he's not Wayland or Utani? Like, why is he here? Like, they're. Oh well, you want a familiar face? No, that's that's complete garbage. I hated that. Like, I didn't understand what that was supposed. I, it, it was terrible. I hated it. Yeah, I didn't really. I didn't really see the point. I mean, no maybe point. maybe he had just signed on and they needed him to be in two movies. <laughs> Right. They're like, we got to do something else with Lance here. Lance, you want to be at the end? Great. Throw him in there. Yeah. Uh, I will say there was there was one line that I really, really enjoyed. And if they would have made them more of the movie this quippy, where Ripley's like, I'm telling you it's here. And the other guy goes, fuck. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, that was funny. That was great. That was very action-y goodness that the movie could have used a lot more of. Right. No, oh, and then getting into your comment about you hate that one's in her, when they did the reveal that she's got one in her, my note is, what the fuck? She's got <laughs> one? <laughs> like, I was just like, that is... I was very irritated with it's it. Terrible. And then when, uh, when like all their plans seem to go wrong, I'm just like, wow, these humans are really saving the xenomorph a lot of trouble. Right, and also, so the other reason why this movie doesn't work for me, especially coming after Aliens, is because in the last movie, we saw Ripley fight how many of these things plus a queen. And, like, this is one alien, guys. It's just one. I know they're really bad creatures, but, like, you should be able to handle this shit. <laughs> like, I, it's just, it's coming off of aliens where the threat was so big, it's just hard to, it's hard to make that as compelling. Which is, I don't know, maybe that's why, like, they threw in the plot twist about her having an alien inside of her because maybe they realize, like, one alien isn't compelling. Like, that's not... You can't do that. That can't be the only thing you do in the movie. Yeah, it's it's very much like they kind of went backwards in the sense that okay, we went from one villain to many villains. Now we're going back down to one villain. That doesn't really work. You need to constantly have escalating threats, right? Or like. So, actually, we can compare this kind of to the Marvel series. Like, you and I have talked about this a lot in, like, previous podcasts about how, like, Avengers and Guardians is, like, on such a big scale. Whereas, like, 
you know, Daredevil is just like a dude like handling like a couple blocks of New York City. Like you can do that and that is effective, but like but but you have to like it has to be a it has to be a productive story though too. Like I think they could have done one alien and it would have been still compelling, but not the way that they did it. Like maybe on a ship again, right? Like one alien on a ship, like that's scary. Like that you're in a confined space, whatever. With, like, yeah. a couple people. But, like, here you have, like, 25 prison... Like, 25 people can't find this thing and kill it? <laughs> exactly. And my my thing is you have to have... Like, and don't get me wrong. I get burnt out if the world is constantly at risk. Right. Which is why I loved Ant-Man so much. Because coming off of... Age of Ultron, you have Ant-Man, where the final battle is just in a little girl's bedroom, and it, the biggest thing at stake is just, the bad guy's gonna get lots of money. Right. And it's refreshing when you have smaller stakes, if you're invested in the characters. I was not invested in anybody... Aside from Ripley. I, I completely agree. Like, and I actually, Tywin Lannister, but then they kill him so early. Yeah. I just, I, I felt that Alien 3, and maybe just the Alien series in general, could have worked better as a TV show. Hmm. I disagree with you on that. I think that that would be really hard to pull off. Unless unless you were going to do something more like Aliens, where there was going to be a consistent threat like every week. But like, I don't think you could do a TV show with one alien. Um, maybe not with one alien, but you could get into... I think it would be more of a suspense thriller type TV show, but you could get more into the backstory of the corporation and what's going on with the corporation. And you could, because like three movies in, all I know is the corporation is bad. I don't know why. I don't know who's running it. I don't know how to stop them because obviously they're not going to stop until they achieve their goals. And... An alien TV show, okay, you could have one alien be the threat, but also a human threat. Right, no, that's true. I'm just saying, I feel that you could better develop the backstory with I, the corp. Yeah. Also, check it out. I have a brand new Waylon Yutani t shirt. That I'm going to wear for Alien Covenant. Oh, look at you. I know. Did you buy that yourself? Yeah. Um, what? Okay, so if you had to pick a favorite scene from Alien 3, this piece of garbage, what would it be? <laughs> um, I want to say just the scene. I can't remember. I can't describe it, but I start it. It's the one where she's like running into someone. She's like, I'm telling you, it's here. Oh, and yeah. Like, Fuck. So, um, yeah, I don't even know what my favorite would be because I, like, so the big iconic scene from this movie is obviously where the alien like is right up to her face and like doesn't kill her. I hate that scene and I hated it more rewatching it now because when that alien slinks up to her, it's so CGI. It looks so terrible. 
And like, there's a reason why these movies are shot in the dark. Like you don't, I don't want to see the, I don't want to see that. It's not scary. Like in the light, you know what I mean? Like I actually just wish they would have shot it in a different way so that we didn't see the full alien as it approached her. I think the scene where it's like a close up on her face and the alien is like right next to her face. I think that's a great shot. But I wish that they had not had the shot preceding that where the alien actually comes up to her. Because I think that cheapened the whole thing. Yeah, I I will say that... And, I mean, I'm trying to remember that this is 1993 where CGI isn't super great yet, you know? Um, you don't have the CGI boom that you have now. But I agree. It's like... If you can't do it realistically, make it dark and make it mysterious so that we don't know what's lacking. Exactly. Exactly. That's where, that's where my head is. Um, I appreciated her death. Like, like, I was like, okay, yeah, trilogy, die, you know, fitting ending, now she doesn't have to deal with this shit anymore, and she right. makes sure that... The Whalen Utani Corporation doesn't doesn't get the alien, um, or do they? Or do they? But I was just like, okay, I I I didn't feel anything because there was no other characters around for her death yeah. to also feel anything. No, that's true. Like, that's, again, like, if Hicks had been alive, like, imagine that scene with, like, Hicks watching her kill herself. Like, that oh, would have yeah. been way more impactful. Yeah, or or if Newt had been there and oh, just, like, yeah. that would have just, like, torn my little heart out. Um, and so let's, uh, let's talk about how, uh, then in Alien Resurrection, they did the stupid TV trope that I hate, which is kill somebody just to bring them back. So can I tell you, uh, okay, so this is embarrassing. So I actually kind of love this movie. <laughs> like, Oh my God. I, I know it's not good, but I, there's, I, I don't know. There's a place in my heart for this movie and especially the older I get and I accept it for what it is. I actually kind of love it until the end. I should say like the last like 15 minutes are like totally complete garbage, but the, the first hour and a half hour and 40 minutes of this movie, I dig it, man. I'm in like I, okay. Aside from some of the shots and how it's like what you said there, it is trying to be some sort of French artistic film. I'm just like, no, honestly, you know who could have done this movie better? Michael Bay. Well, yeah, but also, so as you were listening to it, though, did you have it, like, if you listen to the dialogue and you think to yourself, Joss Whedon wrote this, it's actually a lot better. Like, it's not, See, I'm serious, like, if you if you keep that in mind, like, when you're listening to the dialogue, it's also kind of sad because, like, for example, like, the scene with, um, I don't know anyone's name in this movie, but the the captain of the ship that Call and Ron Perlman's on. When he's like sitting down and having a drink with like the the the, the main bad guy like at the lab, like yeah. that dialogue is so Joss Whedon. And as you're listening to it, if you have that in your head, 
you can almost like close your eyes and like picture a better shot scene and like <laughs> picture like the actors getting better direction from Joss. And like, that would be like a really good scene. Like the dialogue's kind of quippy and they're going back and forth. Um, it's just the way that it's executed is not good. Well, and I was going to say, and in, in a lot of scripts, they include shot descriptions or stage directions and I thought a lot of that was really weird. So I would have liked to have seen Joss's, like, the final draft he had before anybody else touched it. Because I know this had to have been reworked at some oh, point. Absolutely. So, so Joss Whedon is very outspoken that he does not like this movie. And he refers to it as, like, the shitty alien movie that's out there with his name <laughs> on it. Um and his original ending actually is they end up on Earth, and Ripley kills the newborn like on Earth. Um, but the last scene is like Ripley going to a bar and like having a scotch or something, <laughs> because of course <laughs> it is. It's Joss Whedon. Well, so the two things I have the the point in the movie that really got me, where I was like, yeah, Joss wrote this, was when like. Ron Perlman's like, you died. And she's like, yeah, I get that a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, yeah, that's that's a Joss line. But some of it, I was just like, I was just like, this is just so, so bad. And I will say that I do appreciate Ron Perlman's proper grammar. <laughs> I appreciate one... Ron Perlman. So. Yes. Because at one point he's like, Something, something, something with which I will kill you. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh it's, good. <laughs> it's like good for you, Ron Perlman. <laughs> yeah. So, so actually, uh, another thing that I, well, one thing that I, I don't like about this movie that I think is a, an issue. Why did we have to do the thing again where we're doing another reveal that there is an android? Why are we still doing this, guys? Like, also, did you notice, by the way. In the first movie, it's Ash. In the second movie, it's Bishop. the third movie, it's Call. ABC. Oh, I did not know that. And then in Prometheus, the android's name is going to be David. So ABCD. Spoiler alert! Well, you know that he's in, you know he's one from the get-go. Unlike just, this. I'm just saying. Just saying. First um, of all, why would it be David? Because obviously Prometheus is the prequel, so it should have been like Zeta. I agree with you. It doesn't make any sense. I think it's just like a. I don't know why. They, I don't. I don't know. Take it up with Ridley Scott. Ridley, Ridley, give me a call back, buddy. I know you. Li- I know you listen to the podcast. <laughs> He's our biggest fan. So no, I. So actually, like, there is a lot that I really like about Resurrection, though. Really. Um. So I love. Uh, Oh, God, I'm going to forget the actor's name. Um, the creepy doctor who um, I'm going to look him up on the internet. He's he's a great actor. He played Wormtongue in Lord of the Rings. And uh, he was also on one of the best episodes of the X-Files. Brad Dorif. Brad Dorif is so great in this movie. And I really like I like the feel of the movie. I like the aesthetic of the movie until the end. Like, I'm just ignoring the end part. Um, like, I like the way the ship looks. Uh, I like the way the mercenaries look. I like all of that. I, I like I like it. Here's some of the questions I had. Um, one, 
Since when does cloning someone mean that you create a baby inside them? <laughs> like, I just didn't see that as a thing, but okay. And they took it out of her. That's obviously the queen. When she fell through the grate, mm-hmm. was she lying on the queen or were there many xenomorphs down there that they had already been given They'd already been birthed. That I couldn't uh, tell. I could. I thought it was just the queen. I thought the queen was just like really big. Um, so okay. the, so I agree with you that the cloning thing is a little bit sketchy. I think the argument. I think the way you make it work in your head is if having a xenomorph inside of you changes your DNA. I think that's supposed to be the general idea that like that it somehow changed her entire body chemistry changed her DNA. And so the DNA that they pulled was the DNA of a person who has a xenomorph inside them. Okay. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's, I think, how you rationalize it. Well, and I guess that could make sense because when you go into all the failed experiments, Mm -hmm. all the failed cloned Ripley's, um, they all had characteristics of both a xenomorph and a human. Right. And so does she. Yes. Right. No, I think that that's right. Um, I think that that's, that's the way you get around it. My question actually was, so where did all the other xenomorphs come from? Yeah. That's... Because because they pull the queen out of her, fine, but like they already have a bunch of grown xenomorphs. Where did they, did they pull those from the other failed experiments and just like, but wouldn't they all have been queens? That was kind of my question. So I, I really, yeah, I just couldn't yeah. figure it out. Or like, did they find, or did they just find the aliens somewhere else, but they were just looking for a queen? Yeah. That could I mean, be it they, too. No. Or was the queen giving birth to other xenomorphs before it created like the uber xenomorph? Well, no, because I think that we're supposed to, at the end, I think we're supposed to assume that this queen, this is the first time she's birthing. Because this okay. because this queen is, like, essentially an alien-human hybrid as well, and like Red Dwarf tells us, has a human reproductive system, like, that's why the newborn looks so fucked up. Um, so she's not reproducing in a normal cycle and not producing normal xenomorphs. So she couldn't have produced the ones that they already had. Yeah, I was I was actually a little irritated at the the xenomorph that was birthed. So so it's called the newborn, by the way. The newborn. Newborn. It's I hate that thing. It's okay, it's too bright. It's not really scary. It looks more dumb than it's intimidating. Just gross. It's, yeah, it's not scary, it's just gross. Yeah. So I just I wasn't a fan. I, I was don't not like a it. fan. I don't, I don't like, like it at all. Yeah, I hate that. Like the like the whole last fifteen minutes of this movie are just atrocious. <laughs> like atrocious. Like, uh, and what really pisses me off is that it does the same thing that we saw in Alien and Aliens, which is the same trope, the same like, oh, they get on the ship, they're fine. Oh wait, they're not fine. Yeah, guys, we've, we've done that for two of the movies in the series. Don't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> now we've done it. For three, seventy-five percent, we know what's happening. Right. Ridiculous. I know. Um, 
I'm trying to think if I had any other notes for for resurrection. I really didn't. Um, I so okay. Um, I really love that the aliens are super smart in this movie. Like, I love that they figure out that like if they kill one of their their fellow aliens, that, like the the acid blood will melt and they'll be able to escape. I love that they set a trap for the humans. I li- oh, I, yeah. I like all that. Like though I, I again before you meet the queen and the newborn, I think this movie is great. Yeah, um, I I will agree on some of the normally shot scenes, like the scenes where you have an abnormally dramatic pause. Mm-hmm. I was just like, no. Yeah. Also, how great is it? Like, even the beginning when, like, you meet Ripley and she, like, beats the crap out of somebody. And then the next scene you see her in, she's, like, tied down to the chair. She's, like, trying to learn words. Oh, yeah. Like, that, that's like that's a Joss Whedon thing. Like, you know, like, the, the cut from, like, her beating somebody up to, like, her, like, with her hands tied. <laughs> I can see that. I'm glad that more people than just her survived. I agree with that. I am. I totally agree with that. Like, uh, I don't give two shits about Winona, but, like, I enjoyed Ron Perlman surviving. I enjoyed Tuco. Oh, yeah, he did, yeah. He didn't He didn't survive, though. Yeah, no. And then, just, I didn't enjoy Ripley being all sentimental over the death of the Xenomorph and the newborn, the queen and the newborn. I was just like... Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, like, we're supposed to assume because, like, again, she's, like, half alien, so... Whatever. I was just like... No. No sympathies. No but sympathies I, w- I will say, like, you know, this is... Let's let's give a shout-out to Joss Whedon, like, where it's due. Like, this is why the end scene, the post credit scene in The Avengers is so great. Like, when they're just getting chicken shawarma. Like, that's what you want to see. Like, you just want to see your heroes just, like relax for 30 seconds. Like, I do want to see Ripley go and, like, get a scotch and just, like, sit down and just relax. And be like, this is what I do when I'm not fighting xenomorphs. Mm-hmm. Did they ever explain where the ship crashed? Because I'm like, you guys just killed a lot of people. Well, I don't know. Maybe it crashed in the ocean. Also, this is Earth in, like, 200 years. First of all, in 200 years, the planet's going to be destroyed anyway, so... Well, correct. But then they were getting ready to to land on Earth and actually, like, do stuff. So it's like, it can't be completely uninhabitable. Yeah, I don't know. We never had an answer to that. I just think that's rude. Just it just... is. so rude. <laughs> so rude. So rude. All right. So what are your closing remarks on Alien Resurrection? Because I got nothing more to say on it. Um, so I, I just I just want to reiterate that if you just accept this movie for what it is, it's really not that bad. <laughs> okay, I can do that. Are you putting the Alien franchise at three good movies, one bad movie, or two good movies, one bad movie? Because like right now, the only ones that I actually like think are like, oh yeah, Alien and Aliens. So, <laughs> um, well, I guess here's the thing. I don't, 
I don't think that Alien 3 is a bad movie. I think Alien 3 is a movie that I don't enjoy. I think Alien Resurrection is a bad movie, but it is a movie that I do enjoy. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. So I think that there are three well-done movies, and I think there are three enjoyable movies, and they are not the same three. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I I dig that. And what are we doing next week? Alien vs. Predator and Alien vs. Predator 2? Yeah, I'm really upset about this. So, also, we gotta tell the listeners, um, so, this is Rachel's fault. So, Alien Covenant comes out a week later than we thought. So, instead of doing only three podcasts, we're gonna do four. Are you so excited for that? Um, and we're gonna do the third one will be AVP and AVP Requiem, which, by the way, I've never seen all of AVP Requiem I've watched like the first 30 minutes and it was so bad. I was like, I can't do this. And then the fourth podcast is going to be Prometheus. We should arrange so that we watch AVP Requiem together. <laughs> um, and then record right after so that our mockery will be fresh. Oh God. Oh God. We should just do, actually, we should just do a uh, mystery science theater uh, a podcast where we watch AVP Requiem and like drink and just mock it. So, so I actually I love Alien vs Predator and I'm really excited to watch it again. I watched it just a couple months ago for funsies. Um, it's it's another movie that you have to take with a grain of salt, but it's so fun. I saw it in theaters, by the way, back in the day. Oh God! Well, what I will say, what I do. I do love me the Predator, and my exposure to the Predator was in a four-issue arc called Archie versus Predator, and it was a comic book where Archie, Jughead, Betty Veronica fought the Predator. No, we talked about this last week. You haven't seen any of the Predator movies. Correct. I mean, in bits you, and pieces, but... But, like, so you know the basics of, like, what the Predator predators oh, yeah. are, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're like a warrior race and like, you know, so actually, so we can talk about some more next week, but this is why I love the Predator series so much. I'm not scared of the Predator. You know why? The Predator would never come after me. Ever. <laughs> like the Predator only fights the best warriors in the universe. Like that's what, that's our thing, right? Like that's why they go after Arnold and his crew. Like they don't like, the alien kills everybody. They don't care. Predator would look at me and be like, I'm not even wasting my time on her. <laughs> good to know um we'll see that then that makes good sense why they went after the archies they are the best actually, warriors that, in the planet it doesn't make any sense at all actually but okay whatever it's fine. <laughs> and i think we're gonna leave it there any shout outs closing remarks anything you want to go out on um sure so also last week we mentioned that we're gonna start american gods recaps soon that is next Sunday. Uh, it starts a week from today, April 30th. Um, so you can find your first recap. I don't know if we're doing them on Monday or Tuesday, Kenny. Tuesday? Probably? Tuesday. So Tuesday, Tuesday, May 2nd will be your first recap for American Gods. Check that out. Um, that's pretty much it. Awesome. And for me, that's about it. I will uh, catch everybody on the flip side and work out nerd out.
Thank you for listening to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes as well as a rating. We would definitely appreciate it. And while you're at it, follow us on all social media at Dumbbells Dragon. That includes Pinterest, Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Periscope, and Snapchat. Until next time, work out, nerd out.